welcome to the podcast of ideas uh, and the sports podcast of ideas, uh, of which we're discussing the World Cup as it reaches its conclusion this Sunday. Obviously, since we've last discussed things, we're through to the knockout stage. England sadly have been eliminated and we're down to a France-Argentina final. So to mull over the past week and what's in store now, whereas most people are getting into the Christmas spirit, we have to remember that the the World Cup is still going on. So I'm joined by my colleagues, Rob Lyons and Tom Collier, to chew the cud over the recent developments. And we'll just just say, what are the highlights and lowlights of the last week, particularly looking at England? Are they back to being perennial quarterfinalists? What was mantra of my youth, I suppose? Or have we moved beyond that? Um, or, or is it time for a fresh broom uh, in the England management? Rob, what do you think? Well, I think that the, the match against France would have bagged Harry Kane to stick that second penalty away. Um, uh, and that would have gone into extra time. So I, I think it was sort of really warranted. I thought it was a very even game. Um, I thought one or two of the refereeing decisions were a bit dubious. Well, the two in particular in the first half, the one where um, Saka seemed to be fouled and then from the, the from the French position, uh, France scored the opening goal. And then the Harry Kane penalty, which one can only assume the VAR decided the contact was outside the box and therefore no penalty and he can't award a free kick. So therefore that was that. And maybe on another day, those decisions would have gone England's way. But still, I mean, I thought it was, it was still an, an even game. It was very, very tight. Even right at the very, with the last kick, Rashford was very close to scoring as well. And I, tell you, I don't think there's any disgrace in that. I think losing to the world champions and the world cup finalists again, you know, on any any given Sunday that could have happened. So um, even if you were the best team in the world. So I don't think that, that we should all tear our hair, hair out and think that this is the, the end or that... I mean, much as I... Gareth Southgate's politics great with me and his kind of uh, sort of right on liberal whatever the fact is he's a good international manager I'm not sure he's a a great club manager given his record but he seems to understand how to uh, get a team motivated and well prepared for a tournament the players all seem to really like him so I think it would be a shame if he walked away and at least didn't have a crack at the Euros so I would, and looking at the the available candidates to replace him, I don't think there's anybody that stands out as head and shoulders better than uh, he would do. So I, I think we should uh, stick with what we've got. He's in three major tournaments now. It's semi final, final, unlucky to lose in the quarter final. Yeah, yeah, I very much agree. Um, I, I, yeah, it just still hurts, doesn't it? The referee really, really got on my nerves, and I, I, yeah, I felt the whole. The whole game was a bit ridiculous with it, but uh, obviously, time will see the extent to which I'm my thoughts are in um, perspective, um, and maybe some of them will the more those more extreme thoughts will wear off, and I think it was a fairer game than it than I do currently. It was a game that sort of could have could have gone either way on the point of Southgate. Yeah, there's no there's no names being shouted out from the top of every building um um you know that people are desperate for to replace him um so while i i um don't think his football's particularly exciting it's obviously um i know everyone always says it but it's good tournament management to play the way he does um and it just happens not to have come off 
come off for us this time round, which happens. Um, on the club scene, get annoyed when with uh, fans that complain about about their when their team's winning but not doing it in an exciting way. Um, and I'd, I'd far prefer the look of the England that we have now um, than a team with a lot more flair that you know looks like that, that doesn't get to the quarterfinals. So yeah, it just still hurts. That's my main takeaway. <laughs> you need a manager who's a winner, and is Southgate a winner? I mean, I think it was Giroud who said after the match. That England playing England, it was like the Belgian game in 2018, and obviously Belgium, Belgium have had this so-called golden generation with Martinez, who singularly failed to win anything. And obviously, I accept it's very difficult to win anything. Only one team does win, and only two teams get to the final. All the rest of it, but that's what they've suddenly realised. They've gone through the whole golden generation in Belgium with one manager and haven't won anything. And Giroud basically said. It was like that match. And you to me, you can see England are in the same thing where they've had three tournaments where they could have won. They probably weren't going to win, you know, maybe, but they haven't. And they haven't really got that clean. There was no time when you actually thought they were going to win, apart from possibly the Italian match, which went to penalties. But um, that's where, where, where you are. And to, to me... Southgate's got some skills I never realised he had, particularly on the man management front, but all that stuff. But in terms of being decisive and, and changing games and whatever, to me, he just hasn't got that and he's not going to. And the same thing's going to happen next time. Whereas Deschamps in the semi-final brings on the substitute last night, well, it's last night, against um, Morocco, and he scores within a minute. And that's how you do it as a manager. And Southgate doesn't have that doesn't have that touch, and it's not an accident that Deschamps done that for ten years, and Southgate hasn't. So that's my frustration. A lot of the other things I do agree with. The referees, put, I mean, they did give a lot of people said they gave us two penalties, and maybe they should have given four penalties. Yeah, exactly. But or, or maybe France would have behaved differently if they'd given earlier penalties or whatever. But that aside, um, I, I, it, I I just think. That the next tournament, the same thing, I get the sinking feeling, the same thing will happen, quarterfinals, semifinals, lose because we're outfought tactically by a team, whether it's France or whoever, uh, and that's my reservation. Who takes over, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that about where we are. Yeah, I mean, it is difficult because all those criticisms you just made of Southgate are true. He's very, very well prepared for tournaments um, and he seems to have a, a plan for each team but uh, he didn't I mean like his substitutes right at the end of, um, of the, the France game it's like why would you take Saka off when he's you know he's the the, the thorn in their side sort of thing and, and throw on Sterling who's just back from a robbery at his house and wasn't playing particularly well to start with so that, that there's there's that. On the other hand, he, you know, it Mount won the penalty, so that was you could say that's a good shout. And some of his other decisions in the tournament, um, like sticking with Maguire, I think Maguire had a very good tournament. Those were controversial calls, but he's he seems to have to bring out um, the best in players. Started with Trippier, switched to Walker. That was a good call in terms of preparing him to. And yeah, they kept Mbappe quite pretty well actually in that uh, France game. So 
he made some good calls and that should easily have gone into extra time and it didn't so but uh, yeah that just that that edge of just going that one step further but i, I just the, the problem is there isn't a, an, another candidate out there screaming to be taken on in his place i mean like rogers I mean, Rogers is a good coach for a couple of years. Um, he's done very well wherever he's been for a couple of years. But and Tuchel, I think, will wind people up as well as well as get them to play well. I mean, and obviously we we should mention the Jamie Carragher incident this week, which was just hilarious, where he's where he said, "I we must have an English manager," and then when he got criticism for that, said, "Well, you know, I'm not one of them. I voted Remain." Um, it's, just, it's like, but yeah, reveal what you think about uh, leave voters there, Jamie. Well done. Um, that that was uh, funny. But anyway, so so it's there isn't a great uh, crop of people people to deal with. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Benitez hasn't. I don't know. He's even been mentioned in dispatches, which you know, sort of six years ago, Rafa Benitez would have been like a serious candidate to be England manager. Now he's sort of. Just, you know, in the wilderness somewhat. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I take those criticisms, but I think he has got a reasonably good tournament record. He came up against the world champions and didn't lose with any disgrace. And I think the other, the other thing that has to be said, though, is that he has generally done quite well with draws, that he's, it's usually deep in the tournament before he plays somebody really good. Other other England managers haven't been so lucky, like Glenn Hoddle playing Argentina in the last sixteen in nineteen ninety eight. That was uh, a tough draw. Yeah, he uh, and maybe if he came up against Belgium in the last sixteen, something like that, you know, then things would be different. But I thought they overall they did play a pretty decent tournament, and um, in the absence of anybody else, I'd stick with him probably. Yeah, well, on the point of us being potentially being the new Belgium, um, I'm not particularly worried and, and I I know this this is um, a slippery slope to go down and I know this I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm living in 2018 but it's still a fairly young side and evidenced by our biggest leader on the pitch was bloody 19 and maybe that maybe that's actually a bad sign maybe that's undermines the rest of the team's cohesion but I think there's still time with that also I'm while I'm definitely not I'm not baying for blood when it comes to Southgate's position um, but if he does get sacked, I'm not worried. It is pretty, you know, undeniable that this is one of the sort of top, you know, top pools of talent we've had um, as an England team. And I think, uh, yeah, he's clearly he's clearly not completely ruining our chances with with it as a manager. Um, and yeah, as we've already complimented, he's been doing well with it. But I, I see. The managing talent that is around while no one's being called out for um it's you know they'd have to be do something pretty pretty dreadful to not do decently well you know with the with the talent we've got at the moment it is what it is and we have a france argentina final which on a footballing level can be very exciting skillful unpredictable on an emotional level it doesn't nothing for me whatsoever and so does anybody have any view on the final, on Messi, on French, who obviously a very good team, an excellent defence they showed against Morocco. Um, does anybody have, does anybody care um, uh, in England? And, and, does, it, and does, it, does it matter? I, I think I've got a, 
something wrong with my brain because there's part of me that really just wants to see Messi lose. And I like Messi, but I feel like just to, I feel like there needs to some, be some sort of, not martyrdom, but there needs to be some sort of blemish on a record of a footballer to, to be liked. I don't know why. Um, I think there's, there's some romance in him never quite doing that one thing. And it just, there's something sort of annoys me, like the sort of, teacher's pet at school you don't you don't want them to just get everything right you need something to go wrong for them it would be sort of too perfect for him to struggle all this time and then to get a world cup at his last attempt um but then simultaneously i have a a year back i had a french housemate and he was straight on the phone to goad me as soon as we lost to to france so that instantly made me lose all all inkling of support for France in, the, in this World Cup. So, uh, yeah, it does, again, yeah, very much I agree with Jeff. Of, it does does nothing for me emotionally, but uh, it'll be good. Yeah, good one for the neutrals, as they say. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting matchup. And, uh, uh, you know, it's obviously difficult to really get behind either team particularly. I mean, it would have been much more fun if Morocco had got through, then it? it would have been a, a clear underdog that was worth supporting uh, and... Uh, absolute props to Morocco, the, the, the tournament that they've had as well. I uh, would have liked them to see them do a Greece uh, 2004 on this tournament. would have been fantastic. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I would say Argentina edge it in terms of form. But the thing that was interesting about their game against the Dutch was they don't like a big man up front who can cause a bit of hassle in the air as it were and one thing France have got besides Mbappe is Giroud is a very good penalty box striker very good in the air so whether they can cope with him will be an interesting question as well so I think it's an even match up um, and I will watch it with academic interest as Tom says you know um, I don't have share his anti-messy views though um uh, but I think he's got to earn it. I mean, he's like, you know, he, I mean, he's some, sometimes he's gone missing in World Cups or, you know, he's been sort of fitfully present. Um, he's, he's obviously got the bit between his teeth this time. Um, and, you know, if he earns it, well, well, fair play to him. He's, um, he's, he's one of the all-time greats anyway. But um, that would seal the deal, as it were, in terms of putting him right up there with the Maradonas and Pelés and people like that. Okay, what do people think of the World Cup as a whole? It started among sort of mired in controversy with about the, what happened to the labourers who worked on the ground um, and whole kinds of social issues, the conservative nature of Kakata and whether people should go there and sports washing and all the rest of it. And obviously there's a big scandal going on in the EU, which allegedly has uh, connections with Qatar, um, although they're, they're, they're denying it. But on, and on the other hand, we've now had a football tournament where the Arab world has been engaged, Af- African continent's been engaged, European, Latin America, the whole world has been engaged on a football level. And we have a classic, might not work for an England supporter, your average England supporter, but... Across the world, a France-Argentina final is a enticing sporting event. So what do you think about how Qatar has... What was it done for Qatar? Because it's like the image of the World Cup and where it's seen is very different now than it was four weeks ago when we had the German players covering their mouths because they said they weren't allowed to say what they thought. 
Well, I think as a tournament, it's been a really good tournament. I think there, there's been some excellent matches um, you know, uh, and drama. And as you say, Jeff, you know, it's, it's an African team and an Arab team getting to the semi-finals is a, a real breakthrough. In terms of the infrastructure of the tournament as well, I mean, they played in a bunch of really, really good stadiums. Uh, and it seems like it, organizationally it's been pretty good. Apart from the fact that you know, from the fan experience point of view, it's not what you expect from a World Cup. You expect to be able to go out and sit in a bar. I mean, I've done three World Cups, and you spend your your days on where you haven't got tickets for a game. You spend your days sitting in the the pub most of the time. After a bit of sightseeing, sit in the pub. I just watch back-to-back games, uh, and it's it's great. And then you you run into um, all sorts of people. I remember in Tokyo in two thousand and two on our last night, we ran into some brummy guys in the the bar, and I thought I recognise you, I recognise you, and it's like, and then I realised it was the same brummy guys that would be hanging out after the England Argentina game in nineteen ninety eight. I mean, what are the odds? So. Um, uh, it it's you know, have these experiences like that where you run into people or you just have a good time or whatever, and I think that that's that side of it. It's not been very fan friendly. Obviously, all the political controversy at the start as well, um, which personally I prefer to keep the politics out of sport. Um, but I think as a tournament itself, organisationally and you know, for the period of of the the matches themselves and. In terms of the quality of the football and the, the the drama, I think it's been a really really good tournament, and um, I yeah I I just hope that the 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 North America World Cup in twenty twenty six can be anywhere near as good. Yeah, I very much agree. Great football, weird everything else. Um, one thing I've I've that's got my interest in the last, um, I think it's literally just the last twenty four hours. There's a thing being going around about how um it's the first World Cup that there hasn't been an England fan arrested something i don't know if you guys have seen that and but but what's interested me is the sort of um the sort of counter sentiment to what was going on at the beginning of the world cup and this sort of overcorrection of all these people going yeah this is way better we shouldn't have world cups how they ever were we should ban alcohol all of all of the world cups and that's that's what's interested me the last couple of days it seems like there's um they're now a little bit of momentum's the other way and Qatar's getting a bit of a break, or maybe not with the EU stuff, but uh, it's sort of a bit of an overcorrection going on. And I just, I just wish that we could go to each, you know, whatever culture or whatever place is hosting, yeah, hosting a World Cup. We could just embrace that and not then have to now decide that the Qatar World Cup is the template to run a World Cup in North America or Europe or wherever. Well, I mean, one thing to, to also mention is who's turned up in terms of the fans. I mean, England did okay, but the Argentinians have really turned up for their team. The Moroccans really turned up as well. And you can, uh, yeah, and I think that that's fantastic that, that you know, because it, it has not been a cheap tournament to uh, attend. And um, so... To sort of the willingness of certain groups of fans to 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 show up in vast numbers has been fantastic, and um, more of that, please, because um, maybe a, a few other countries 
stayed away to a degree because they thought it would all be too difficult. And, you know, I don't know what the Argentinian economy is like at the moment. I can't imagine it's fantastic. So the fact that so many have turned up, presumably because they want to see Messi win a World Cup, but um, that they've been they've been great, and that 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 side of things has also been very good. I think. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. So that's our thoughts. We'll be back in the new year, dissecting more sporting events in 2023, uh, and we look forward to the Euros, which I believe are in Germany in 2024. Thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon.